it is Wednesday today, hump day. And, you know, Paul, as I'm saying it, I don't think people really say hump day anymore. No, nah, that's a, the phrase has gone out the window. I don't think people say that anymore. I haven't heard that once. It's like middle school. That was uh, big in like middle school, high school. What, yeah, what, co- what the, commercial was that from? I don't, there was a meme with the camel and it was like, it's hump day. Mike, that's Mike, where Mike, I Mike. think it got big. Um, Geico probably. It sounds probably like a Geico commercial. sounds like a Geico. Absolutely sounds like a Geico commercial. You know, you know what commercials Geico had that were great was the uh, the cavemen commercials. Yeah, everyone talks uh, about the gecko, but the cavemen that was the peak. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that on air anymore. And I just googled it. It was Geico uh, with the camel in the office, uh, just chanting that it's hump day. The insurance companies really are good at commercials. You really wouldn't think that'd be the case. Yeah, my favorite is the Mayhem one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mayhem. I, I have no I, I actually don't know what company that is. I've seen it so many times, and I just love, like, the most all state? recent one I saw. I think it is Allstate. Um, and, and I love the one where it's like, I'm your overly competitive brother. And I think they just have a lot of things that are very relatable. And uh, the actor that plays Mayhem is is phenomenal. What's crazy is, I don't know, have you seen John Wick? I'm not a John Wick guy. Everybody loves it, and uh, I, I don't get it. So, no, I haven't seen it. Well, okay. Well, you're wrong on that. But he is – it's like the most random thing. He's he's in John Wick in the first one, and he's just randomly a part of this huge Russian family, but he has no Russian accent or anything. It's very random. But it, it's impressive, too, because those commercials have been running for years, and they're still not old. Yeah, I mean, they got a couple, like Lily from AT&T or whatever, Flo from Progressive. They got some good ones. They got some good ones. You, you know, I mean, we are a sports pod, uh, sports podcast. One one of them that used to be really good was at State Farm with, with Chris Paul and his family, with like mm-hmm. Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. And yep. now those, those are terrible now because they recasted uh, Jake from State Farm. Yeah, I but, my, my favorite State Farm – uh, commercial will forever and always be what are you wearing Jake from State Farm <laughs> like, yeah, he sounds hideous. well it's, it's a man so yeah the uh, khakis great that is amazing alright well kind of jumping into it here kind of the big news coming out of the NFL was DeAndre Hopkins right everyone thought he was going to New England all of a sudden you know things just don't seem to be going right for New England and now Hopkins is going to be joining Tennessee we saw Julio Jones do it. We've seen a few other veteran receivers do it. What's your take on that? I know you uh, you kind of saw some of that coming. Yeah, so uh, Julio Jones went there, and he wasn't great. Um, but I, I was low on Julio Jones before he got there. Like, his last couple of years in Atlanta, couldn't stay healthy. Um, but D-Hop to the Titans was kind of inevitable. When you look at the teams that he was really seriously linked to, the good teams weren't going to pay him what he wanted. And I think New England uh, wasn't the right spot for him. I was with my buddies at the bar Saturday night, about 10, 12 hours before this news broke. And they're like, oh, he's coming to New England. It's like he's signing with Tennessee. And they kind of scoffed at me. And, uh, and it makes sense that he goes to Tennessee, right? Obviously, Kansas City would have been a, a more likely title contender. But this is going to sound crazy but the Titans have a better Super Bowl chance than the Patriots. And oh, not that's that, not crazy and, at all. And not in any way do I think that the Titans have a chance. I actually think they're the third best team in that division. But that division's so winnable 
versus New England is clearly the worst team in that division. I, I have them having five divisional losses, which is so crazy that back when Brady Who's, was there, like they were guaranteed who, five divisional wins. That means they win one. Who who do they beat? Yeah. Who do, I'm just curious. I'm just curious who's that one that they win. I I haven't I I haven't looked at their schedule yet. Um, but I think that okay. if they have a, a winner game uh, at home against Miami, or no. uh, they could they I think they get one of those three at home. Uh, okay. I'm not I'm not gonna. I mean, Belichick's too good of a coach that I I, I can't see them going over uh, in all six of those games. But it could very realistically happen. Um, all three of those teams in the division are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So going to Tennessee yeah. gives them the opportunity. I, I don't think Tannehill's got much uh, upside left. I think we've seen what the, you know the max that he can be as a game manager, and maybe every once in a while have a good enough throw that gets him close enough that Derrick Henry can score. Um, but I think D Hop's on the way out, and I think this is a good last payday for him. Maybe they can compete, maybe win the division, make the the playoffs. But I think if he wanted to make double, you know, 10 plus million dollars. It had to be New England or Tennessee and Tennessee gives them a better chance to win. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason if you're a wide receiver, why you would want to go play in New England. I mean, we just saw what that offense did last year. Granted, Matt Patricia is no longer there and Bill O'Brien's back. Yep. But we've also seen that Mac Jones is the definition of mediocre at quarterback. So, I mean, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, at least in Tennessee, Tannehill may not be much better than Mac Jones, but you do have, like you said, Derrick Henry. That'll kind of open up the passing game a little bit. That'll give you a yep. chance to kind of go out there. And they drafted a rookie um, last year. I'm drawing a blank on his name. They drafted uh, Malik Willis uh, last year. Yeah, they drafted Malik Willis. And now they've got uh, Will Levis. Will Levis, right? Will Levis, yep. right? Yeah. Who, I, who I think is the number one quarterback in that, in that class. Ooh, Really? Yep, 100%. I'm in a dynasty league. I'm you surprised. All- you're, an Ohio, you're an Ohio State guy. I'm surprised you would say that over well, – uh, I watched I watched, C.J. Stroud. Uh, Stroud for three years or whatever and was not ever impressed with him at Ohio State. And I love the Big Ten. I think they're really good. But those numbers get inflated against teams like Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State's well, been really bad. Um, so I, I, I'm in a dynasty league, and, and Will Levis fell to me like in the second or third round of our rookie-only draft because of how far he fell, and he's in Tennessee. Um, but I, I think he's the most talented, uh, most set up for success in the NFL. Um, very low on Bryce Young, very low on C.J. Stroud. And Anthony Richardson's a wild card. Uh, I see why the Colts went with him. Drastically different than any quarterback they've had ever. Um, as far as yeah. you know, since pre, you know, ever I would say, but I don't know much before Peyton Manning. Um, so he'll be interesting. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh was the Colts Colts quarterback back in the nineties. Yeah, so I I think Will Levis is the best of those of those guys. Yeah, I but, mean, I he he's got some polish to his game, and every other quarterback's got their issues. Bryce Young looks like he's a freshman in high. Like you said, Anthony Richardson is as raw as they come. That dude is going to be yep. an animal if he can get it going. But but like we were talking about with Tennessee, th- there is an upside to what they have going on there, why DeAndre Hopkins would go there. You mentioned Kansas City because you said if Kansas City is where he'd want to go if he wanted to win. See, and, and, and kind of piggyback on what I'm saying here, but I, 
I look at it differently than the NBA. Obviously, we give Kevin Durant such a hard time for joining a dynasty. We we get on to players. We got on to LeBron for joining forces with LeBron and or with Wade and Bosch back in 2010. Football is so different. I feel like no one would look negatively on no. DeAndre Hopkins for joining a dynasty like Kansas City. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Um, primarily, and that's and it's really simple because you, you remember, was it 2011, 2013, you know, maybe even before that, when Michael Vick, Namzi Law and the Eagles, the dream yeah. team, was assembled with all these star free agents, and they were horrible. Football takes 22 really, really good players. And, and quite frankly, you take Mahomes off the Chiefs, they're not that not that great. Um, they're they're probably mid tier, you know, depending on obviously who you replace them with. But the talent's not all there. But he's really good. Um, but as far as receivers, defensive players, you kind of sometimes get lost in it all. Um, so I, I don't think it's a. I, I don't think it, it it looks poorly if you go join a really good team, primarily because very rarely does it work. And it very rarely works in the NBA, too, outside of KD joining the Warriors and um, LeBron to Miami. Most time when they form super teams, super teams don't often work, even in the NBA. Um, so yeah. I, you're, you're I mean, right. We just saw that. Yeah. And, and like you said, we just saw that with Brooklyn. I yep. mean, that fell apart quicker than it started. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And like you said, too, if you look at that AFC East, that's arguably the best division in football, you know, between that and, I mean, the AFC North is stacked. The AFC, I mean, the AFC overall is just stacked. 100%. 100%. Outside of the AFC South. Outside of the AFC South. Ten ten teams that if you told me you are betting on them to win the Super Bowl, I I would not laugh at you. Um, Yeah. I think there are legitimately eight to ten teams in the AFC if they can run the gauntlet could be anybody that comes out of the NFC. I, I can't think of a time in, in – I mean, again, we're in our mid-20s here, so it's not like we're going back that far. But, I mean, I've been following NFL football closely since the early 2000s. I can't remember a time where the disparity in level of competition from conference to conference is so drastically different. Because the NFC, it's the Philadelphia Eagles and then uh, Cliff – to whoever yeah, the you want to call the, the 49ers. Uh, okay, all right. I, I'll give you the 49ers, but what's their quarterback situation? Yeah, they bring Purdy back. I, I think that the 49ers uh, are going to be a good team. That uh, defense – That but, but here's the thing, though, is that defense is going to have to be, much like it was last year, one of the best we've ever seen for yep. them to be competitive. Agreed. But they got McCaffrey and Debo – that 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 team is one B in the NFC. Fine, and, and I'll give you that. So then after that, my <laughs> my point still stands. Name yep. me the third best team, because then at that point you're just picking the best of the worst. Yes, you know it's just it's incredible, and a lot of that has to do too. I don't know if you've noticed, but all the quarterback talent is on the AFC side. I mean, it's all young, great talent led by Tua, obviously. Um, <laughs> but. But, I mean, now that you've had, you know, Drew Brees, that's your favorite. He retired. Uh, Russell Wilson has fallen off, but he moved away from the NFC. So, I mean, the, just, the, the talent disparity is incredible. Um, well, and, but and I, think, I think, too, that has to do with the NFC was way better. So, you're right with the disparity is clearly the NFC is so much better. 
And even when the NFC was better, they had Brady, they had Manning for a while. Then once Manning left, it was Mahomes. Uh, and the Steelers still had Big Ben. Phillip Rivers for the chart. Like, there were still three or four guys over there that you were like, all right, one of these four teams could win the Super Bowl. And, and I don't know if there's four teams. Uh, I, there's not four teams in the NFC that you're looking at saying they could win the Super Bowl. The only three, and this is going to show some love to the Cowboys that a lot of people aren't going to have, but I said the Eagles, Cowboys, and the 49ers, you can look at as legit Super Bowl contenders. And, and, and the Cowboys, I would say, are a fringe there. But the, that wasn't the case even when the NFC was better. But because they were better, they had Drew Brees, Russell Wilson was there, Aaron Rodgers. Those teams allowed for the bad teams in the AFC to get those quarterbacks. And the, a lot of the NFC teams, even though they weren't um, – even though – Maybe they weren't the best. They had a quarterback. You look at Matt Ryan in, uh, in, in, in Atlanta. And then Carolina had Sam Darnold for, for a while. And although he wasn't good, they didn't move on from him. Um, and, then, and then teams drafted their guy, Kyler Murray, who you loved and I was always low on. He flamed out. He's horrible. Um, <laughs> Jared Goff kind of flamed out for, for the Rams. Uh, so I, I think that I'm not surprised that the AFC is so much better. And I think, you know, in three to five years, you might see it flip because all the good young quarterbacks are going to go to the NFC next time. Well, what's so impressive about it, though, is is just at the rate that the AFC teams are hitting on these quarterback prospects. I, it's just been such a good run. Obviously, if you go back to that 2017 draft, if I'm remembering correctly, no, maybe I'm thinking 20. 20- 2017, right? That's the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes draft. Yeah, that's so 2017 and then 2018 right after it. Yeah, so 2017, though, for instance, the big three quarterbacks in that, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, two of the three end up great, and they just happen to be in the AFC. You go back to uh, 2018, right? It was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, et cetera. The only two quarterbacks that really worked out in that draft were Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, AFC teams, you know, so it's just, and then even 2020, right? Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, all three AFC teams, and they've all been good players. It's, it's weird. And it's, I think it's abnormal how great these teams are just hitting on quarterbacks early on in the draft. And it just happens to be all on the AFC side. And then you, you kind of sprinkle in the, the Aaron Rodgers coming over, the Russell yep. Wilson coming over, you know, so it's just, it's just such an interesting thing. And I can't not talk about ASC quarterbacks without hating on Mac Jones a little bit here real quick. Can you believe that that dude was a pro bowler two years ago? That like, it's, it's, fact, it's insane. It was a mockery of the pro bowl and what it means to be one of the three best quarterbacks in, in, in a league. I think he was a substitute for the AFC champion quarterback that year, I believe. I think he replaced Joe Burrow that year. Yeah. But yeah, that still, sounds right. He wasn't, but he still wasn't the fourth best quarterback in that division. Uh, even though the Pats were good, he was not the reason that they were good. Well, it, it's incredible because if you fast forward now two years later, I can't name two quarterbacks worse than him in the AFC. I'd rather have Kenny Pickett. I'd rather have Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Well, I think Kenny you know, Pickett's got some good upside. Um, I, 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 I agree. I told I told the guys, I, uh, I, the Pats fans I was with, this is 
Mac Jones's last chance. Uh, I don't see Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft hanging around with a bum uh, for, for very long. I, I think that if he does not have good numbers, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And that shouldn't be held against him because of how good the AFC is. But if he doesn't play well and they miss the playoffs, he, he's gone. They're, they're drafting the quarterback next year. And maybe yeah, that quarterback no. doesn't start, but they're going to draft one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I can't name two or three quarterbacks worse than Mac Jones. I, I really think – and we can't be that surprised about it. I've been saying this from day one, but everyone knew going into that draft, Mac Jones never had the upside. Everyone talked about how polished he was, how, how pro ready he was. He had a high floor. I'll give him that. He did have a high floor. He came Agreed. in and executed well in his rookie year in an offense that asked him to do nothing because they're built on the run game and defense. Yep. And so it, he, he came in and executed that, but he was never expected to be anything special. Some people had him going in the second round up until like a week before the draft. And then they started making these mock drafts of having him go to San Francisco at number two. It was just, it was, it was crazy. But yeah, that, that was I, my, I, that was my needed bashing of Mac Jones. I just needed to do that. Just, just to, you know, it felt right. Well, I, I think people saw Mac Jones and, and and wanted the Brady comp so badly. And and you can see out of college why you might make that comparison, why people wanted to grasp it. It was right after Brady left. Uh, and, and they thought, you know, Bill did all this with Tom Brady. But people forget sometimes that Brady wasn't the reason they won those first couple Super Bowls. Um, right. Now, I was telling – talking to those same Pats fans over the weekend, that I would argue that Brady's best statistical run was the years he didn't win a Super Bowl. I, I think there's Brady had three Hall of Fame careers. You go his yeah. his first, you know, his first seven or eight years uh, pre-2007. So maybe, you know, from his first start to 2006. And then from like 2007 when they went to 18-0 and 0 until they met the Giants or whatever, until – you know, 2014, 2015, he was an absolute statistical monster, but didn't win a Super Bowl, got the two, didn't win one. And then you look at the third where he wins three more uh, or four more, whatever, post uh, those great statistical runs, where once again, he turned into more of a back to like the game manager and would have some big time throws, um, but wasn't necessarily putting up monster numbers. He was still unbelievably talented. This is no knock on Tom Brady, obviously. But his best statistical run in the time he was his best was the, the gap where he didn't win a Super Bowl. And unfortunately, the Pats aren't that good right now and can't allow for a young quarterback to grow up to potentially to potentially be good. And when you see that with a lot of young quarterbacks who get put in a situation to not be successful, get given up on in two or three years versus guys like Tom Brady, uh, Brock Purdy even, who falls into the perfect situation, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes came out of the gate really hot, but also that team was really, really good when he got there. So, And he did not start. Nope. He did not start right away. He sat behind Alex Smith. Who was a phenomenal quarterback. Um, yeah, Alex Smith at, is just yep. the epitome of a pro's pro, just a great yep. – great. he's like a step above a game manager. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just a step above it. He's like – He is – He's like a better version of Ryan Tannehill, or or he's uh, he's a better version of Kirk Cousins. That's how I. There mean. we he's go. A better version of that's, Kirk Cousins. That's who I was gonna go because Alex Smith 
teams won a lot of games, just like Kirk Cousins' teams did. Um, I, I, I think that Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith are a great comp where you're getting a mid, you know, a low mid-tier guy, like as in, you know, 10 to 15 every year, and your team's going to win a lot of games, but you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins is such a cool story, too. I mean, he was drafted in 2012. I believe it was in the fourth round out of Michigan yep. State. But yep. he was drafted here as RG3. Yep. He was coming off a Heisman winning season. And it's just – Kirk Cousins is just a great story, a great – seems like a great dude. I mean, it's impossible not to root for him. So but, I've heard a lot of people talk about him in the documentary, the quarterback documentary on Netflix. And yeah. They spoke so highly of Kirk Cousins in that and how it makes you want to be a fan of Kirk Cousins that I'm going to watch it. I, could care, I couldn't care less about Mariota. Marcus I, Mariota. I was never big on him. I'm, I'm kind of glad he's out of the league type deal. Like he was one of those guys that I felt was taking a job away from future quarterbacks because he kept bouncing around. Um, and then I, I don't need more Patrick Mahomes in my life. I, you already that He gets shoved down your throat so often that I don't need a docuseries about him. But Kirk yep. Cousins is the interesting one because a lot of people hate on him. And I, I think there's more to his story. Um, and I, I think that he is a guy that has really not done much wrong in his career other than, you know, his, a lot of people don't like his COVID remarks. But he, gets a lot, he catches a lot of strays from everybody. Everybody always mm-hmm. just loves the bash on Cousins. And he's I don't the quirky really white, know he, why. He's the quirky white dude. That's why. Yeah, and he, in, a, he, in a league with a bunch of amazing athletes and big personalities, he's this average quirky white dude. Yeah, and then you look at how Washington, you know, he was like, I'm not going to play under the tag. And that's how I believe that's how he ended up in, in Minnesota. Um, and, and good for him for knowing what he was worth. He's a 30 plus million dollar quarterback. Like, he is a guy that, if you have a good team, is a guy you want you're going to win a lot of games. And I, I think that fans love to look at, well, if we didn't win a Super Bowl, the season's a bust. But I don't think teams and owners look that way because at the end of the day, the true measure of success for the owners in the front offices is money. And if you have Kirk Cousins on your team, you're going to win a lot of games, which in, in turn brings you in a lot of money. You you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. I'm not Absolutely saying he's going to – he's not, he's, he's not going to carry you there. Nope. But I think he's he's around that cutoff point where you can win a Super Bowl. I don't really want to get too far down this rabbit hole here, but I want to ask you this question because I think I, I've heard it kind of tossed around. And I struggled myself trying to answer this. Who's the better quarterback here, Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? If you had to pick one tomorrow to win you a Super Bowl. That is that – is that's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, Dak's another one who got his job because of an injury and was very fortunate to be on one of the best teams in football. I, I firmly believe if Tony Romo doesn't get hurt in that preseason game that has Prescott end up being the quarterback, I, I think that the Cowboys win the Super Bowl that year with Tony that was Romo. That, Cow- best. That, that was that Cowboys team with, like, the best offensive line ever. Best offensive line ever. You had prime Zeke. Uh, their defense was, was good. It wasn't as good as it is now. But it was a good team, uh, and I think if Romo plays that year, he they win that Super Bowl or at least come close. Um, 
I, I go with Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott gets the love because he's the Cowboys quarterback, and Cowboys yep. quarterbacks are automatically stars. Uh, you look at their entire franchise. Every quarterback that's ever been on a Cowboy team is always looked at as a top 10 quarterback, regardless of their actual skill level. Um, I'm, I'm going with Kirk Cousins. They're both really – and I'm looking it up right now just to confirm it. Dak Prescott, okay. Dak Prescott was drafted in 2016 in the fourth round. Yep. Pick 135. And Kirk Cousins, just to confirm, I know it was third or fourth round, but I'm just trying to see the similarity here. I clicked the wrong button, so it's taking me a minute now. Classic. Classic. Okay, so Dak Prescott was the 134th pick. Kirk Cousins was the 102nd pick, but both in the fourth round. So these guys both – Fourth rounders got their jobs because the starting quarterback got hurt and both have made a name for themselves. You know, even Dak too, as we kind of bring him up and I do not like to praise the Cowboys because the national media does it enough and they should, it's like the Lakers. It doesn't matter how bad they are. They shove it down your throat every day. Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And, but, but like we talked about, Dak stepped into that situation with prime Zeke, one of the greatest offensive lines ever. And he still, afterwards has proven to be a solid quarterback that I think can also win a Super Bowl if you put the right pieces around him. So, I, you know, they're just – Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You want the Cowboys to put the right pieces around him, but that team, if you take a, if you take quarterbacks off of every roster and just look at everything else, that's a top five roster. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. Top five roster. Like, there is no excuse, and, and, and this goes back to, I just said it, where season success is based on rings. That's how fans look at it, and, and I, I'm not looking at it that way. Dak Prescott's won one playoff game, like, I think only one playoff game. It, it's, it's embarrassing that this made a run deep into the playoffs, um, and I, I think that that's a sole reflection on how bad Dak Prescott can be the problem is I, I think that his team is so good that you don't look at him this way but I would say that he has the same characteristics as Jameis Winston where he can win you games but just as quickly he loses you games you look at that game against Jacksonville where they had a big second half lead and he threw multiple second half interceptions and the Jaguars end up coming back and that altered the NFL season altered the season because of how bad Dak Prescott was. So another thing here, if we're talking quarterbacks too, kind of just, this is not my Dolphins bias. This is a genuine question here. Um, Do you look like, say there's a young quarterback, can one season change your entire perspective on that quarterback? Or do you need to see more of it? You know Uh, what I mean? Do you need need a long sample size or or can one season change the entire, so, for instance, there's two quarterbacks I'm, I'm focusing on here. Jalen Hurts Justin and Tua. Herb- oh, I thought you were going to say no, Justin no, no. Herbert. And- <laughs> no, 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 no. Justin Herbert has built up enough cachet in his first couple seasons where I can't bash him. You know, is he's a terrible fourth-quarter quarterback, and that's important. He's got to fix that. Yep. But he's a good quarterback. He's top six or seven in the NFL. I won't deny that. Um, I'm looking at Jalen Hurts and Tua. All right, so two guys that going into last year, it was their, going into their third year, right, Everyone was saying it's make or break for both guys. Okay. Yeah. Tua, obviously, with the new offense. Jalen Hurts taking over finally. 
And everyone said, this is it. They got to perform or else Miami and Philly are going to go find quarterbacks next offseason. Both of them performed. Okay. Now, obviously, Philadelphia went all the way to the Super Bowl. They clearly had two things going their way. One, their defense was incredible. Incredible. And two, two, Jalen Hurts stayed healthy. Right. Whereas Miami, their defense was terrible and Tua didn't stay healthy. So, I mean, that's two very big things. Why is it that if you look at, you know, ESPN just came out with their top 10 quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts was number six. A lot of people have him second or third behind Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Why why does Jalen Hurts get looked at like that? But Tua still somehow has to prove. I can understand the injury being the reason. But beyond that, why why do we have this big overcorrection for Jalen Hurts? But for Tua, we're still skeptical to say that, you know what, we were wrong. He's a top-10 quarterback. Yeah, so that that was executive coaches and scouts that, that gave you that list. Uh, yep. I'm pulling it up because I was watching that, uh, you know, over the last two days or whatever when they've been talking about it. And you, your one, two, three is going to be Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. Then you get Rodgers, just for people who haven't seen it. Then Herbert. Then you get Jalen Hurts, Lamar who I think is way too low on that. Trevor Lawrence, who I also think is a little too high on that. Dak at nine. And then Stafford at 10, which I, I think is a good spot for Matt Stafford. And I want to – we'll get to that in a second, I, I think. Um, and I'm not even seeing Tua as an honorable – he's below Derek Carr on the honorable That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I, I think that it's a very fair thing, though, with Tua. Like, he has not stayed healthy. Even in college, he's been hurt his whole – and all the injuries have been different. But he hasn't stayed healthy, so I think that you got to take that into account. Um, sure. He hasn't done it for a full year. And I'm low on Jalen Hurts. I think that last year he, he's, again, in a, a great spot, great offensive line, great weapons. Uh, I was totally wrong about them last year. I thought they were overrated. And I think they're overrated coming into this year. Um but he, like you said, he did it for a full year and led his team to a Super Bowl, much like Joe Burrow, uh, who who I would also argue is overrated in that sense as well. Um, that Joe Burrow gets a lot of love from one great run, and, and it's how the it's how the NFL is. If you have a great year, you stay at the top, and then if you have a bad year, you you sink. And, and perfect example of that, just uh, how how much that fluctuates is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was a top three, you know, top top five quarterback last year, whatever. Now he's fallen out of that top five, and he was hurt last year. And, and um, I, I am, a, I wasn't big on Lamar last year where he was because I didn't think he was a top three quarterback. But I think he's better than seven. You know, I think he's in that four to you know four, five, six range. And then you look at all the quarterbacks that we could list off that are young that have a bad year or two and get ousted right away. Um, you know, yep. the guy from the guy from Arizona that had a horrible team, you're the number one pick for a reason because your team's horrible. And after his bad year, uh, he gets out Josh for Rosen, Tyler Murray, Josh Rosen. Yep, Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yep. yep, so yeah, you, yep. you have one great year if you overperform or you drastically underperform, that's gonna have ripples the next year in the NFL until you've done it for three or four years, that's how the NFL is always going to be. You have a great year. The next year you're going to be really high on fantasy 
football draft rankings. You have a bad year, you're going to drop. Um, Deshaun Watson's another one. Obviously, had all the off the field issues. Played six games last year and wasn't great. But Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback before all that happened. And there's no reason he can't be a top five quarterback with the full season to prepare. Uh, so I, it, it is. It's how the NFL is. It's how everybody loves storylines, and that's what it is. You have a great year. You're viewed as the top five quarterback, and it seems like there are a lot of top five quarterbacks out there. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, he's a top five guy, and you hear him list eight or nine guys, like, yeah, he's a top five guy. And it's like, well, there's only – there can only be five top five quarterbacks. Um, I, I have so a yeah, theory no, on I, – I, I have a theory on this Tua Jalen Hurts thing. There's a bias okay. towards left-handed quarterbacks. Or yeah, against – 100%. It's because he's left. It's because he's left-handed, it, and I mm-hmm. fully believe that. I believe that. Okay, and, and I'm a dog. Objective as objective as I can be. Tua is not known for his arm strength. He never was. Tua was no. known for his elite pocket presence, anticipation, accuracy. Three things that a lot of people led him to be. Right. right? Very similar styles yep. coming out. Led the NFL in yards per attempt, completions, uh, yards per attempt, yards per completion, and still talking the most. I think the best accuracy throwing twenty yards. Down. And I believe he also had top two or three in completions throwing. And people still want to sit here and say, "Well, he's not a good deep ball thrower." Times you actually have to throw the ball seventy yards down the field. How many times does that actually come into play for Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, maybe once or twice a year. Okay, so so everyone wants to, like, look at that and say, oh, well, he doesn't have the arm. Do with the fact that we're used to watching a right-handed quarterback, and so it just naturally just looks weird coming out of a left-handed quarterback. It looks slower. It looks I, – I don't know what it is, but there is some bias – it just makes absolutely zero sense. He just led the NFL in passer rating, and they won't even rank him top ten. But I, I, no. I just think that's incredible. And I understand he needs to stay healthy. He missed four games this last year. He's got to stay healthy. I agree. I feel my passing off overall, it scored more, and they only lost. That's and out at a certain that is tired. And say wide receiver made a whole difference. No, takes 22 guys. The Miami Dolphins and a great offense, and they also went oh or one in three in the games two missed. And Tyreek. So at a certain point, I, I just I, I just don't under it's you know, and obviously I'm a little ticked off because I'm a Dolphins fan fan, but I'm just genuinely curious as to why there's such a polar opposite reaction to their. They actually proved that they could play. I just find it so interesting. Well, where did, where, where, where would you put Tua? Where would you put Tua in your ranking? I think Tua belongs. Tua belongs after the year he had. I think he belongs in the back half of the top ten. Uh, probably around nine or ten. Uh, I would not have Matthew. Would you? Stafford would you? So not this is what I wanted to get to. Not going into this I year. To I wouldn't have Matthew Stafford. Why? Why are the Rams? Why has everybody lost faith in the Rams? What is so different from the team that won the Super Bowl? 15 months ago, we were talking about this team's coming back to repeat. 
and their two best players get hurt and miss pretty much the bulk of the season. And now 15 months later, when those guys are healthy, they are just absolutely a third thought. And they're the third favorite in that division to win the division plus a thousand to win that division. I think that's crazy. Um, and I wasn't high on them coming into last year, but it, just like I talked about with Lamar Jackson, that was because the expectation was for them to win the Super Bowl last year. And now yeah. it's, will this team be 500? And, and the answer is, why can't they be 500? I I actually I, – I like that you said that. I, I have my opinion of why the perspective on the Rams has changed. Like you said, obviously with Matt Stafford getting hurt, that screwed up everything. When you have star players or your most important players hurt, we we were just talking about it with Tua. If Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins are probably one game behind Buffalo and they end up the five seed going into the playoffs instead of the seven seed. You know, you lose your star players or important players, it changes everything. I, I think what happened was it's all about perspective. The Rams went all in. It was F them picks, right? That was the whole concept. F them picks. We don't need to worry about the future. We're all yep. in to win a Super Bowl. And they won it. And then the next year, it just bad luck with injuries. And then the second things fell off, everyone just had this almost wanted to have this confirmation of, oh, they went all in, but now they're bad. Like this is they went all in, but now they can't sustain for the fall off. I think everyone's just so ready to confirm that theory that if you're going to go all in now, that means you have to suffer later. And I think we're way too early to dig a grave for, for Los Angeles on this one, because I think they still can be a contender in what is a terrible conference. Yeah. And, and going back to everybody's got, he's a top five, this or a top five, that Sean McVay wasn't talked about as a top five coach. He was talked about as one of the best coaches in football behind Reed Belichick like he was in that conversation and so I I don't I didn't want to do this but we're going to their (laughs) win total their win total is six and a half for this year let's talk about let's talk about six and a half yeah oh I'm gonna go place a massive wager on that over uh, as soon as we're done filming this so they start the year they start the year with the Seahawks on the road who I think the Seahawks are going to take a major step back this year. Um, But we'll count that as a loss. It's on the road. 49ers uh, at home, L. And then Bengals on the road, L. So they're going to start probably 0-3. But after that, they got the Colts at home against the Eagles. So call it 1-4. And And then you go Cardinals-Steelers at home, wins. Then you got the Cowboys, who that's a maybe game. Then you go to the Packers, that's four. Then you get the Seahawks at home. I'm going to say that's five. Cardinals, that's six. The Browns at home, I'm going to give that seven. The Ravens on the road, the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, the 49. Like, I think you can easily nickel and dime this team to nine or ten wins, which might put them in the wild card conversation. Yeah, absolutely will put them in the wild card conversation. If you look at this conference – they absolutely – I mean, let, let's do it. Let, let's do this now. We're, we're in the NFC. We're talking about this with the Rams. Look at the NFC. You tell me – tell me the three teams that you'd put ahead of them for a potential wild card spot because I struggle right. to find it. So we're going to go right – let's talk – Eagles are going to make the playoffs as, yep. a, as a 
divisional winner or the wild card. The a- NFC South, who I was just listening to Adam Thielen talk about how good Carolina is going to be and how good that division is going to be, and I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> um, I Only one of those teams is going to get in. I think the whoever wins nine games is probably going to get in. If you win double digits, you're in the playoffs in the NFC South. Then you look at the Cowboys and Giants. Now there's the questions about Saquon, but I don't think Washington's in that conversation. So we're still looking nope. at maybe – so we're talking about maybe two, and then you go to the AFC North. Or I'm sorry, NFC North, where the Lions are the favorite, and then maybe Minnesota is right behind them. I don't think we're going to see Green Bay. Although I think Green Bay will be more competitive than what people think. I, I don't think the Bears are going to be there. So I'll give one of those teams as a potential wild card favorite. So that's those are your three wild cards, and then you got the 49ers, the Seahawks, and, and the Rams. And I I don't think the Seahawks are going to compete. Uh, uh, although, as we talked about giving up early on young quarterbacks on bad teams, I think Geno Smith is better than what he showed as a, as a jet, but he's still, he's still Geno Smith. Um, I, I, I think the Rams could easily find themselves as the, as the third wild card, if not a divisional winner. So here's where it gets interesting for me as I kind of look at this, right? You look at the NFC East, it, it's very clearly there's two teams in the NFC East. It's Philadelphia and Dallas. Right, the Eagles and Cowboys. One of those teams is going to win that division. The other will get a wild card spot. Right, so there's Agreed. one. Agreed. Go to the go to the NFC North. You know how we we on this podcast we are very bullish on the Detroit Lions. Big, big mm-hmm. Dan Campbell fans over here. So you look at yep. either Minnesota or Detroit. One of them is going to win that division. The other is going to get a wild card spot, in my opinion. Yep. I don't think Green Bay is going to be a wild. I think they are going to contend. I think Jordan Love's going to actually be better than we expect. I think they'll they'll contend up until late in the year for a wild card spot, but I think they'll fall off. Chicago again, I I still don't trust Justin Fields. I mean, Neither. he's an incredible athlete, Neither. incredible athlete. Yep. But to be a quarterback in the NFL, I I haven't seen what yep. I haven't seen what you need from a quarterback in the NFL. I've seen an incredible runner, and everyone wants to compare it to Mike Vick. Listen to me, Michael Vick had one of the greatest arms I've ever seen. Justin Fields does not. Arms. Justin Correct. Fields does not. Uh, yep. Go to the I mean, let's skip the NFC South. No one, it, whoever wins that, wins it by default. I mean, it's just yep. a, it's a crapshoot there. NFC yep. West very clearly is going to be San Francisco, right? So as we were talking about there, you mentioned it's going to be teams that compete for that last wild card spot. There's right because we got one left. I think the Giants will be in that conversation. Again, I think the Packers will be in it towards the end of the year at least, and I think Seattle and L.A. will be in it. I don't trust – I think Kyler Murray, I, whatever it is with this Arizona team, it's going to fall off. It's just going to fall off bad. It's going to end bad in Arizona. I just – I have that feeling. I don't like the attitude Kyler Murray's had. I, I don't love the hire of hiring the defensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles to be your coach for Kyler Murray. Um, I I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the Giants. It's going to come down to the Giants – and the Rams, that's really how I look at it. The Giants and the Rams. I think both of them are going to compete for that third wild card spot, and I see no reason why I would pick the Giants, especially with the Saquon Barkley stuff, over the Rams. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and as we were talking, you love bashing on the NFC South. Um, let me – and, and I, I'll go through all these games, all these teams. We're going to do some uh, betting podcasts on Chop Shop Bets at some point. 
You could see the Saints start six and zero this year, and I, I think the Saints are going to be really good. <laughs> we'll give them credit for. And I got my. I'm gonna have to look at that schedule. Like, I'm gonna read it to you right now, and you tell me when they lose. Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, Tampa, New England, Houston, Jacksonville. Oh, you're right. Jackson, but Jacksonville at home. Uh, I believe that's a Thursday night game. Prime but then time. Indianapolis. Oh, you're Chica- Chicago. They could be nine and zero heading into. You're November. not. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Not kidding. I'm looking at, at this, this schedule. Team, you're not this kidding. Team, this team might end up with the best record in football solely because the only teams I'm looking on this and thinking that is a loss is none. There's not one game on here that I'm looking at and saying that's going to be a loss. It, it um, does help when you play six games against the Panthers. It, Bucks, against, and Falcons, agreed. But... Agreed. And if you were to pick one, you'd have to say Minnesota on the road. But even Detroit could get it home. So but even just looking at their schedule, even just looking at their schedule, if you were to sit here and you asked me to, just to straight up pick one, I, I don't pick it. You, I, I'm going to give you a credit. You're right. I, I don't see a real loss if I'm picking until, what is this, three, four, five, six, week seven at home against the Jags. That would probably be, <laughs> that'd probably be the first game where I'd actually pick against them straight up. Yeah. After that, that after that, crazy. you're not picking against them again and for another few weeks until they play Minnesota. That is crazy. Uh, the Saints, this has to be the easiest schedule in the NFL. This might be – yeah. No, I, I think that – and if it's not them, it's another NFC South team. One, just because yeah, the division is just, the weakest. I just, have, I just have such little faith. At least the Saints have Derek Carr. I mean, I have zero faith yeah. in – and I love Baker Mayfield, but I've seen nothing. That makes me think he's going to do anything in Tampa Bay. Same with Kyle especially Trask. If, especially if Tom Brady only won eight games last year. Well, exactly. And, and, that's, and that's why you got to love the way the NFL does their scheduling. It's because they're – so they're lucky because they also get the AFC South, who's the also the worst division. Like but that, they also get the worst teams, divisions in football. That they, they also, what I like about in their conference, which yep, because exactly. they lost, I believe they ended up in third place – in that division, which is how you end up seeing them get the Giants who are third and the Rams who are third. That's how that rounds out their, their schedule. Yep. Yep. Hey, I, I absolutely love New Orleans in that division. I, I, again, I don't trust Bryce Young. Not yet. I like him as a prospect, but I'm not putting any st- stock in yeah. next year. And their bonus and... games the Patriots. I, I wasn't this fired up about the Saints winning the division until I just looked at their full schedule breakdown. Now, now I'm stoked. And the Falcons, I mean, is it Desmond Ritter? Desmond is that, Ritter. Is that who they're rolling with? Who, who I, who I loved in college, but I just, I, I, I not yet, not. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and he kind of fits, in my opinion, to a lesser degree. Obviously, I'm not saying they're the equivalent, but some guys are just college quarterbacks, and Marcus yep. Mariota is one of those examples. One of those. Some guys Tim are just Tebow, college quarterbacks. Matt. I mean, yep. Tim Tebow, Matt Liner, oh, yeah. yeah, Vince Young. You, you, the guys I mean, that and I Vince Young had flashes, but yeah, yeah. Did you say? Did you say Vince Young? I I said no. I didn't say Vince Young, but I, I started with Tebow and Liner. But yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and I don't. And just for the record, I do not put RG three in that conversation. We'll call him a bust. I don't consider RG three a bust. By the way, I, the of the year he just he just blew his knee out 
I, I don't consider yeah. that a bust. I just consider no, that bad fair. luck. I think there's, that's I think fair. they're under different baskets. That's but, fair. um, yeah, no, it, I agree. I think the Saints are the clear favorites in the NFC South, and I, I, I did not really take a look at their schedule. I see two games on this entire schedule where I'd say, no, I don't think they'll win it. And that's at home against Jacksonville and then on the road in Minnesota. Besides that, they could absolutely win on every single game. It's incredible. It's, this is like the easiest schedule I've ever looked at. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, do you want to talk about the running back situation or you want to save that for Friday? No, let's touch on it real quick before we finish. Here. Let's uh, let's touch on that. Obviously, it's being highlighted right now with Saquon Barkley and also Josh Jacobs over in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And Tony Pollard, I believe, are the three. Yeah. And so, I mean, the running back market's broken in the NFL. It's kind of been that way for the last 10 years. If you look back to – if you go back even just to the mid-2000s, it was totally different. Think about yep. the Ricky Williams trade. Uh, I think it was – was that maybe 99 where yep, the 99. New Orleans Saints, Mike Dick, Mike Dick goes the head coach, right? They traded yep. every single pick that year. Yep. I don't remember who it was they traded with, but they traded every single pick that year to get Ricky Williams from Texas, right? Ricky Williams ends up playing a couple of years and goes to Miami yep. and then drops out because he smoked weed, um, which is crazy, you know, 20 years later, thinking that that was such a big deal. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it's incredible, how much the NFL has changed in that time. We saw Reggie Bush go top five. The yep. Dolphins drafted Ronnie Brown out of Auburn in 2005 with the second overall pick. I mean, we've seen, you know, Adrian Peterson go high. It's just, it's a totally different world now. Not only that now, but we're starting to see a point where they're not even getting to a second contract now. I mean, is no. this a problem? Is this a problem for the NFL? Uh, so it absolutely is. And just to be specific on, on that trade, it was, the fifth pick with Washington, they gave up one, three, four, five, six, seven, and then in t- two thousand one and three uh, rounds one and three. Jeez, but yeah, but in, and I think we saw this change when the Cowboys didn't re-sign Demarco Murray. So the Cowboys broke this by saying, mm. if you have an offensive line, anybody can run the football, and it, they proved that. I think Darren McFadden was the next running back. For them, I forget the other guy that replaced. They had two or three guys when DeMarco Murray left that took the mantle until they before, got Zeke. Before Zeke, right. Before Zeke. And I think – and I, I don't disagree with them. Um, and, and although running backs haven't really been getting injured the way other positions, it seems to actually be one of the least injured positions um, as, as far as major guys go. Um and, and we didn't even mention the fact that Dalvin Cook doesn't have a contract. Zeke doesn't have a contract. Um, it's broken, but I, I don't know what yeah. what people want to do about, you know, what running backs are up in arms, but it's like, well, what do you, what do you want from the NFL? Your position's not desired right now. Everybody throws the ball 40-plus times a game, meaning you're getting 15 – like – if you have a good offensive line, you really, you really don't need a good running back. And other than uh, Derrick Henry, is there a guy that's a great running back that doesn't have a really good quarterback? And that's why Derrick Henry's got to be happy. D hops there is maybe they have six in the box instead of seven or eight guys every time. But if you NFL teams, if there's five guys in the box, you're going to get four to five carries a game. 
I'm sorry, four to five yards a rush every time. So it's not well, that's... really it's not really the running back that makes the run game good, whereas a quarterback makes the passing game good or bad. The running back is the the byproduct of the offense, the offensive line, and the quarterback. Well, you know who's hurt the running backs too is Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Running back, back the approach. I mean, he's he's employing dudes like Danny Whitehead, the skinny little white dude yep. who looks like he just yep. got done playing JV football for your local high school team, and yep. he had that dude running around everywhere. I mean. He, he came up with this running back by committee, and the theory is if you have a good quarterback and you have a good – then the defense is going to slack off and not put eight in the box. Or if they do, you got the offensive line that can open a hole for anyone. So yep. Bill Belichick has really, really hurt the running back uh, position because now it's just, it's just not valued the same way. And at a certain point – I mean, are we going to get to a point, you think, where we just value the running backs – financially like we do a kicker or a punter maybe not to that extent but you know you can be the best kicker in the league you're still only making pennies on the dollar compared to other great players in their position do you think the running back is going to fall off that far or do you see a comeback for that position sometime in the future so i i think the only i think the only option and, and not, again i don't know how you do it but you're right it's Running backs have first on running backs get five years. So you're looking at being 27. Are, are you going to pay a monster contract for a guy who's 26 guys in the NFL? Don't play that long. Like they, they don't other than quarterbacks guys aren't playing into their, in, in some offense alignment, but guys don't really play into their mid to late thirties. Um, I, I think that it is a problem that they're not getting paid, but if I'm sure that there's teams that would be willing to give a guy that's been in the league for four years, two or three years for a lot more money than they want over four or five or six years. But running backs, you kind of look at this, how, how baseball looks at it, where if you want a guy that's really good, you give them a long contract that has a lot of money and you just accept that the last two or three years are going to be bad. Well, the NFL with a salary, you can't afford to have a guy who's not productive eating up seven, eight, nine percent of your cap where they're not good. So I, I, I don't I don't know how the NFL fixes this. I'll think about it and, and we can discuss later on maybe a potential solution. But I, I think that you're gonna see either short term big money contracts or long term small money contracts, which depends are you looking for financial stability? You looking to win or are you looking to make a lot of money? Like what are you looking for? And, and you're not going to get two of those three things. Honestly, I'm hoping because I'm watching this Dalvin Cook situation very closely. He's from Miami. I would love Dalvin Cook in my – Dalvin Cook is still a top five or six running back in the NFL. He's only 27 yeah. years old. And, and I know that sounds old, but that's not old at all. That's probably your prime peak athletic years of your life. Yeah, so, and, and, and they've got – Miami's got two or three running backs as well. And, it, and then the other thing is, as we're talking about it, you see a lot of backups, and Tony Pollard's an excellent example of that. I don't know if Tony Pollard's ready to be a number one guy, but you look at defenses play with less guys in the box because Zeke isn't getting the ball. They got their they got their scat back. They got their, their pass catching back in the backfield, and that's another thing. If you want to be a high-paid running back, unless you're Derrick Henry just running everybody over, you got to be able to catch the football. 
And Dalvin Cook can do that, which is why I really am surprised nobody's picked him up yet. And I was thinking the Saints, too, might want to go get him if Kamara was going to be suspended. But they got JMO for that. Um, so I, 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 we didn't even talk about where we think Cook's going to go. We didn't talk. Let's talk about that for Friday. But we got plenty. Yeah, we got. It's it's mind boggling that that this dude can't get paid. Um, and last point, yeah. we talked about Dame Lillard and contracts and stuff um, on the last podcast. I just want to make a note that you not playing under the franchise tag is drastically different because that's not a contract that you agreed to. You didn't agree. The, the NFL has this just rule where, hey, if you like a guy, you can tag him and this is what you pay him. And granted, you get paid. I believe you get the average of the top five contracts. I believe that's how the franchise tag works. Um, so you get paid as a top five player, whatever that median salary is. But it's for one year, yeah. the long-term stability. That is drastically different than you signing a max deal in the NBA and after two years your team is bad and you want out of it. Drastically different. If if Saquon doesn't want to play, no issues with that. But both him and Josh Jacobs said they weren't looking to reset the running back market with a contract. So I would be very curious to see what contracts were offered to those two guys. And the last guy to say, last running back to say, I'm not doing it, was Le'Veon Bell, and it did not work out for him. So I don't know. I I, I don't. I don't see this ending well for the two of them if they choose not to play. Yeah. All right, real quick, yes or no, one word. Is Saquon Barkley playing for the Giants to start next season? Yes. He'll play. All right. All right. Well, there it is. We'll be back at it on Friday. Thanks for listening today. If you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at Chop Shop Sports and Chop Shop Bets. On TikTok at Chop Shop Sports and on Twitter, Chop Shop Sports 1. See you guys on Friday.